I'd heard about prostate cancer. Most men have. I even knew about the heightened risk for black men, which, when adjusted, means that it affects one in three of us. One in three. But this was only meant to happen to old men. Other men. (laughs) That wasn't until it happened to me. I couldn't make these stories up. These are the stories, the good, the bad and the unbelievable about my prostate cancer journey. So strap yourself in and let's go. Episode 12. It's a brand new world out there. It's been three weeks since my operation and it's probably easier to say what is working rather than what isn't. With the incontinence still raging on, it does a fantastic job of overriding everything else. It's not falling out of me completely unchecked, but I am still leaking, and once I start the flow, I just can't stop it. If I was robbed while relieving the king, or a grizzly bear just happened to walk in on me, I just can't turn it off. A bear, you say? Listen, this has been quite a year for me, so if a hungry purple bear walked through the door, wearing a Stetson, I would be the last one to be flipping surprised. I have little core strength. I cannot bend over and touch my toes or lift anything heavy. The stitches are still visible, but slowly they're fading. The wounds are deceiving as they are healing from the top, but extend deep down. This is the reason why I still cannot drive. The only good news so far is that I've managed to lose a stone in weight. As for the cancer, I have no idea. I will not know until my next PSA test in about a month's time. I tried to have a conversation with Pops about prostate cancer, but after a couple of attempts, I just gave up. As lucky as I was to have the prostate cancer caught when it was, I would be lying if every now and again I didn't harbour a tiny bit of animosity which I also accept was unfair and just didn't make much sense. I know now it was more to do with the whole of our relationship and not just this part of it. The biggest issues have been me trying to get him to engage with his grandchildren and him coming over. I introduced him to my children early on. He never really asked about them again. My sister had already told me that her kids never liked him and he never let them be kids. When they were at his house, it would be, they're making too much noise. Don't touch this. Don't touch that. Soon they refused to go and see him, and my sister just stopped bringing them. Oscar the Grouch from Sesame Street had nothing on him. I had been over to see him three times, and in return, he'd given me twice as many excuses why he couldn't come over. I don't have anyone to look after the house. I cannot leave the tenants on their own. There is only one person I can trust to look after the house, but he is on holiday. It's too far to come for anything less than two weeks. The garage is full, so the car is out on the sidewalk. It's too cold. After a while, I just gave up and I just never asked again. On a practical note, I need to drink at least two litres of water daily, which in pad terms is about six per day. 
I left hospital with two packs of pads and I should automatically receive a batch delivery via the local authority. Each local authority has an incontinence team and they arrange for an initial delivery and then subsequent deliveries when required. I would find out later, talking to other men, that not all authorities are equal and that I am actually in one of the better ones. One man would tell me that he had to purchase his own from the very beginning. Knowing how these things are not quick, I went back to the hospital and secured another two packs of pads, just in case. It would prove a brilliant move, as a couple of weeks later when I came back for a seminar, the hospital had run out of them. I did eventually get a call to arrange a delivery of pads and made a date. It was one of those where they expect you to wait in for up to seven hours, and unfortunately, with a captive target audience, they had absolutely no incentive to change. So, I am minding my business, doing something or other, waiting for delivery, and then a wave of horror just swept over me. Who is going to deliver this package? And was it in a plain package? Did I really want the guy's incontinence team van blocking the road when they deliver a box with my name on it? Uh, hell no. Or what if incontinence handled with care, mucky pup size, was plastered all over it? Of course, I can try and do a dark glasses and a hat job and sneak down and get them. Only problem with that is I couldn't find any of the hats and I don't own any sunglasses or even a hoodie. I was beginning to think that this was really going to be a bad day. In the end, I could breathe a sigh of relief as my secret was safe thanks to a TNT van delivery and an unbranded brown box. A pad is shaped like a bulbous number eight. There are other types and shapes, but this was the most common type that I received. It is 18 inches long. Yes, really, you could use them on a flipping giraffe with one end slightly wider than the other. The small end is eight inches across and the bigger end is nine inches across. They are universal in the fact that they can be used by both men and women and they will provide the wearer with protection for a number one or a number two. The enterprising little soul that I am, and as I only had to think about number ones, I decided I could actually just cut them in half. And I also made a vow to myself that I would never need to order another delivery. I was going to beat this by the time they run out because I'd be continent. In the meantime, I had to make a wardrobe change and switch from boxer shorts to briefs. Not budgie smugglers, as the Australians would say, but something that would hold the pad. I also got together my change kit of baby wipes and nappy bags and I was set to go. Without the mobility restrictions of the dreaded catheter, I was determined to be more mobile than before. Stuff exploring, converting hidden tribes, climbing mountains, the paper in the Lancet and everything else. This was all going to be about me now. I don't know if it was a celebrity quote, something a superhero had said in a movie, or I had just plain made it up, but freedom has a price. That price for me was having to carefully plan each journey so that I could always powder my nose, either en route at the halfway point or immediately at the end of the destination. Of course, it was never going to be that simple. I just don't do simple somehow. There was another price to pay. Cue the tragic music. Using public toilet cubicles. 
Now that I was wearing pads, I could no longer pee on a wall, fertilise a bush, or lubricate the wheel of a heavy lorry. Yet, before you say a word, I am certainly not the only bloke that has done that, so don't judge me. Instead, I would have to find a cubicle to change the pad as well. Look, I'm not cheap, but I'm also no fool. I was not going to be spending £5 on a posh cup of hot coloured water they call tea, just so I can get a potential upgrade on the cubicle experience. Ladies, I know you have to do this, but if your toilet cubicles are a fraction of how the men's look and smell, then I feel it for you. I have had the misfortune of seeing all manner of unspeakable horrors on my travels. I have concluded that some of these places have been visited by something other than human. Some needed to be condemned, while others needed divine intervention. One experience placed me next to a gentleman who had a thing for humming along to every song played over the loudspeaker while he was doing his thing. If you can imagine rhythmic pooing, then you have the idea. Not something you really want to experience when you're just trying to get out of the place. Some of the cubicles are so small that I'd be forced to touch and bounce off the radioactive walls. The memory still brings back shivers. Ladies, I salute you all. I have been doing the pelvic floor exercises three times daily for 10 minutes since the removal of the catheter. This is something that I will have to do for the rest of my life. It's something women who have had families have been doing for generations as all of the pushing while giving birth may weaken these muscles and having these muscles strong keeps everything in place and tight. I've been told as a bloke to ask no more than that. Other than the promise of an award-winning performance under the sheets, if it's developed, it's a muscle guys don't really think about. For someone who has had their prostate removed, it replaces the function of the valve that has been removed during surgery. I have noticed a few changes after a, nearly a week's worth of pelvic floor exercises. One of the main being that I seem to be able to retain more. So it's baby steps, but at least it's in the right direction. It was important to start getting back to a routine and I wanted to be able to write in peace and outdoors. As I could venture into the forbidden food list, a hot chocolate from my previous fast food stable mate and best buddy was in order. As I had to walk through the local park at the same time, I could combine the two. Genius. The park had not too recently undergone a transformation. It had been made a lot more child and family friendly whilst also undergoing widespread landscape changes. It actually looked quite impressive. Unfortunately, it's also a park played with drunkards who rapidly flock back to enjoy more scenic surroundings with their black bags of liquid fun. The great thing about drunkards, however, is they are generally not early risers. Why spoil the hangover? So this early morning routine would mean we should never really mix. Hurrah! I returned with my hot chocolate and found an empty bench. We were in the middle of a recent heat wave. I sat in God's creation and marvelled. The sun gently warmed my face. There was barely a cloud in the sky. Workers shuffled by to their destinations, the traffic gently purring in the distance around me. The soft breeze swirled gently and caressed my face. In the distance, a mother is playing football with her kids. 
while her youngest boy is clumsily plodding after pigeons it will never catch. The birds chirped effortlessly in beautiful tunes. The bees hovered by, sampling the sweet plants. Time slowed as complete peace took its place. Other than people walking through the park, it was quite empty. I turned my head and said a hearty good morning to a stranger. He smiled and reciprocated. Something strange happened. To this day, I still have absolutely no explanation. By now, you may have gathered, one seems to be a magnet to such things. Next time I see Dr. C, I have to ask him if the removal of the prostate has anything to do with peripheral vision. I had taken another sip of my hot chocolate, only to realise that I had been joined at the other end of my bench. I never even saw him coming. I don't believe in little green men, but I am telling you, teleportation does exist. I was a little startled to say the least, but I didn't show it. Now, I don't own the park. It's a free country. He was perfectly entitled to join me on my bench, despite the fact there were 20 others that were completely empty. And he had to pass at least two of them to join me on mine. Now, of course, it got a little stranger. Come on now, this is me. My uninvited guest was a black dude wearing smart black trousers and a crisp white work shirt. He was also wearing house slippers. I don't mean the flip-flop type which have become fashionable, but the fully enclosed type your granddad would wear. Oh, did I forget to mention that he also had a crash helmet on? A flipping crash helmet. Not the sort that you use on a motorbike, but a soft white, snugly fitting one that had hundreds of individual protective squares stuck on it. Not being an expert in such matters, I guessed it was the sort of helmet you would give to somebody who had a tendency to bang one's head on something solid, deliberately and repeatedly, or he was off to a Comic-Con convention. I took a few sips of my now very unchocolatey hot chocolate while I processed the last two minutes. He, of course, interrupted my thought process. He shot up and shouted out, Bitcoin is not a legitimate currency. You could not make this up. He then sat back down and began to shake. More than a tremor, but you couldn't mix a milkshake on his lap, but he was building up to it. I'm not a man of violence. He was my height and build, and I could take him if my life depended on it. However, that would be the fully fit version. A warm hot belch from him in my direction would certainly unsteady me. We have not even mentioned my half full warm pad. Tactical retreat back to my mum's. Not to be put off the first day of my routine, the next day I jumped right back in again. I returned with my hot chocolate and found an empty bench, this time leaving three empty benches before me as a buffer. We were in the middle of a recent heat wave. I sat in God's creation and marvelled. The sun gently warmed my face. There was barely a cloud in the sky. Workers shuffled by to their destinations. The traffic gently purring in the distance around me. 
the soft breeze swirled gently and caressed my face. In the distance, a mother is playing catch with her kids. A little toddler is being chased by fed-up pigeons. The birds chirped effortlessly in beautiful tunes. The bees hovered by, sampling the sweet plants. Time slowed as complete peace took its place. Other than people walking through, the park was quite empty. I turned my head to see a couple of grey squirrels fighting. Mummy squirrel was berating daddy squirrel, and he had climbed halfway up the tree to escape her nagging. Perhaps he had a hidden stash of nuts that he didn't tell her about, or he'd been seen with that loose red squirrel in the other tree. Mummy squirrel didn't follow him up the trunk and instead took her anger out with the nearby pigeons, who wisely scattered in her rage. She was in a really foul mood, or maybe I'd misread the signs, and maybe she was just very frisky. Um, neither. It was something about mummy squirrel's tail. Something odd about it. It was fat, but very bald compared to mummy squirrel's tail. I got it. Mummy Squirrel is actually a humongous, dirty rat. I will be withdrawing my application for David Attenborough's replacement. We locked eyes as you do. Mummy Rat then, with all the sweet time in the world, slowly swaggered sideways, backwards, into the long grass, without breaking eye contact. The damn rat actually had swagger. The final look to me, before she disappeared, was... You don't want to be here when I return. I got the message loud and clear. I wasn't. Stuff your bench and your dirty poxy park. I hope one of the drunkards mistakes you for a very fresh piece of fried chicken and takes a chunk out of your fat butt. I now took my remnants of hot chocolate on carefully planned bus routes instead. I knew the points where I could leave the bus and powder my nose if I needed to. Loud and unruly miners, smelly passengers, people who didn't know how loud they were on their phones, and plus-sized people hogging multiple seats seemed to be much safer than dodgy currency traders and mutant rats. I could finally get on with the process of writing the podcast that you are listening to. Oh, and a couple of days after the mutant rat episode, I was able to momentarily stop the flow for the first time. Amazing. I know that means nothing to you, but it was a great boost for me. Ah.